The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. I'm glad to welcome Cami Pre-Show with us. She is the executive director of Greater Good, based in Spokane, Washington. You know, here on the program, we love highlighting incredible leaders and organizations that are doing good work across the state. Cami and Greater Good are are one of those, certainly. And so we're so glad to have Cami, you on the program today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about greater good i mean what what is greater good and tell us about kind of the origins of that starting and and your heart to be a part of this work here absolutely so greater good northwest we launched earlier this year in january and our mission is to amplify awareness of the needs of the community and facilitate collaborative impact for the greater good so really what our goal is um, there's so many amazing organizations in Spokane and, you know, greater Spokane County who are doing amazing things, but how many of them are unaware of what the other organizations are doing to the full extent? And so how much duplication is there and how much harder are they working? And if there's a space that could be created in different areas, different arenas over different issues, uh, if there's a collaborative space that can be created that helps them meet their mission, amplify awareness of that need, and really just involve our entire community um, at any given moment. That's really our goal. I love that. Yeah. I mean, Um, assessing that need, I mean, what is that? I mean, that's an important first step, right? Yes. So right now we are doing a couple different things. We have some focus groups that we have been inviting business leaders into to really ask them, um, first person, what about six or seven questions and really just find out how they view Spokane, um, what some of their dreams are, even if, you know, they could wave a magic wand, what would their dream be for Spokane and what they see as the key issues um, right now in Spokane. Um, We're gathering, you know, that data to use in our conversations, to use with the organizations and to really just see um, in a first person way what um, business leaders are seeing. And then we're going to, open that up and move into the nonprofit leaders and get some of that um, same information and data from them and start looking at some spaces that we can even pull some of our business community in, in a more intentional way with our nonprofit community to even start making some change there. Love that. Let's zoom out, talk a little bit about the city of Spokane. If you had to, I guess, describe the city of Spokane, um, how would you do it? I would say it is um, it's like a little big city. So it's commonly said that um, you can't really go very far without running into somebody that you know. And so it has that beauty of that small town, smaller vibe feeling. You don't feel like you're just lost in a, in a tower of buildings. But we're large enough to um, have that city feel, um, you know, as far as even um, – employment opportunities, um, different, um, you know, we have the huge medical field presence um, in the university district. Um, We have aerospace. We have such a a variety 
that we don't have, you know, the small town um, issues that way. So I think it, it's definitely the the two-sided coin, but I see it as the best of both worlds. And we're definitely a community that cares. Um, you know, that's why there's so many um, nonprofits. I think there's over 2,000 nonprofits, um, and that's why mm. people care and they want to get change. And that's why people consistently are in these conversations, and that's why there's such a push to change, because they care. Mm. Wow. And you're, you've been there a long time, haven't you? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm a lifer. I mean, I've been here since I was four, so I, <laughs> I, I, I don't see uh, myself moving. Uh, you know, uh, that is the beauty, too, of Spokane. When you go visit a larger city or even just go visit another place, you realize um, the beauty of where we do live. Yeah. So I, I don't see myself going very far. <laughs> yeah. Give us kind of a... Uh, what's called a SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. A lot of people talk about the SWOT analysis, which stands for the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you had to, I guess, just off the top of your head, you know, talk about the, the, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats in Spokane, what would you say? I definitely think... Kind of just touching on what I just said, one of the strengths is that it is a, a community that can come together. Um, sure, we have differences. Sure, we have, you know, people with opposing views. Uh, but we definitely can come together in innovative ways. If you think of even, you know, we'll go the athletic way for a minute. But if you think about, you know, Bloom's Day, the largest foot race, um, I believe, in America at least. I'm not sure exactly how far. Um, I think after I did Bloomsday a few times, I kind of blotted it out of my head. <laughs> and same thing. We had the largest three-on-three tournament. Um, so those coming out of Spokane, it took innovation. It took people taking a chance. It took people saying, yes, it's never been done before, but let's go ahead and do it. So I think that's a huge strength. And I think, again, we're not so big that we get lost in the issues. We're not so large that, that something is too large for us to tackle. Mm. Um, and I definitely think that that is a strength that, that we are that that's where that smaller town, you know, you can't go too far without seeing somebody that, you know, um, and the longer you've been in Spokane, the more you see those connections. Um, so I think that's definitely a strength. I think the weaknesses are potentially that our growth, and the, the shift to that larger um, city feel is where maybe things like homelessness caught up with us, um, where we didn't necessarily think that that was going to happen to us, that, you know, we're still Spokane and, you know, safe and, you know, it just our demographic and dynamic is, is this one particular box. And I think, obviously, when you grow, a lot of the same challenges that larger cities uh, face come with it, and I think that's a perfect example. And I think uh, we've started addressing those issues. Um, you know, got maybe a little a little ahead of us, but we're not willing to say it's too big now. We're still going to take it by the horns and, and really see what we can do. Uh, so that's I think that is what I would say would be one of the bigger weaknesses. Is it just kind of snuck up on us um, mm. that people got the beauty and 
wonderfulness in Spokane and all decided to <laughs> come and check it out themselves. And we grew probably a little faster than we thought. Hmm. Yeah. I think opportunities, um, for sure, I think it's really, you know, kind of what Greater Good wants to focus on even um, some of the collaborative efforts that we're doing is how can we be innovative and do something different? I think there's huge opportunity for that. Every time uh, an issue comes up, every time a need comes up, is to really say, how do we make this work? How do we fill this gap? How do we address this need? And and you do find people coming together from, you know, I, I was in banking for years and managed branches that were, you know, in lower income parts of town and um, inside grocery stores that were doing fundraising. And those are the stores that would raise the most funds because the community cared because they were part of it and they understood it and they wanted to give back. Mm. So it, it definitely, um, that's one of our hugest or largest opportunities mm. is is the continual, just the continual push to solve the issues that we have uh, and not walk away from them. And the threat, that is an interesting one. Um, I think I wouldn't consider it a threat. I guess that's what I'll say, because I don't, I don't want to say it's a threat. I would say that if we did not have leaders in the community who cared enough to tackle the challenges, that it could become a threat. And that threat would obviously be that Spokane would turn into something that none of us recognized and that none of us uh, could really embrace and be proud of anymore. And so I don't see that happening. Uh, because there's too many people that do care, and there are leaders who, you know, are even currently stepping up in a new way to solve some of our larger problems and issues and to tackle them. So um, I would say that that would be the largest thing that, if it was not addressed, would be what, uh, a huge threat to Spokane. Cami, one of the things that, you know, you and I have uh, connected on uh, is some of the work that uh, you've done with Greater Good as well as uh, Together Washington. Mm-hmm. nonprofit that I'm a part of. And we've been uh, working together. It's been a lot of fun and putting together a Spokane summit for February. And I tell you, it, it has been uh, just a, a true joy to uh, do that alongside of you. And I mean, when you think of uh, the summit and, you know, the folks coming together to build bridges across divides, I mean, what, what do you think of when, when you think of, the, uh, the opportunity that, that lies in uh, the Spokane Valley? That is a great question. I The first time I heard about the Common Good Summit, I was excited. It's absolutely the area and the spaces that inspire me. And it's exactly the space that Greater Good wants to be a part of. And so hearing, you know, even what Together Washington, what the values and the goals are, they so closely aligned with us uh, that it was just an excitement. And so then to be able to become a part of it and to really start working in that area, the biggest question to me or the most interesting part is that we call them divides. And when I've been even talking with people about Common Good and explaining what it is, when I say that they come across either a perceived divide or an actual divide. And so, you know, most of the time the response is like, oh, that's so true, you know, that it's so often a perception that is keeping us apart and that it's so often that we find that there's not such a large gap um, and that we really do more closely align or at least come together 
more so than we thought we did not. So I think that has been really encouraging and the excitement to know that we have this coming in February and I'm hearing people say they wish it was happening sooner. Uh, so that has been uh, just amazing and again shows how much our community is just really valuing and wanting to participate in change. Mm. I mean, let's talk about the, that whole kind of perception, and it's such a significant issue, you know, just in our society today, right? I mean, it, it is, you know, we're, we're at a place where we don't even get to uh, connect with people because uh, we, we've we've kind of already uh, decided that, you know, I, I just I don't even want to go there. Uh, we're, we're seeing families, friends uh, become divided in such a way that it is... Uh, you know, really hurting, you know, the social fabric. I mean, when you think about that and you think about, I guess, specifically in Spokane, what you see, um, I, I guess, what are the, what are the things that you've seen happen from a, a, a kind of a disintegration standpoint, right? Where you've seen, you've seen the, the social fabric disintegrate, but at the same time, then, what do you think is um, the antidote and, and how do you think we can move forward as a society to to rebuild some of that? Uh, I think I, I would agree. And it's so sad to see that disintegration. And I think it just is, as many people would say, without sounding cliche, is nobody knows how to talk anymore. Nobody knows how to have an actual healthy debate or just a great conversation. I was I was talking with um, a good friend the other day. And that's what we were talking about. I said, nobody sees the value in just even having a great conversation with somebody who does. And I hate even using the word opposing. They just have a different perspective about something and being able to sit and have a healthy dialogue to actually learn um, about what, what it is that their beliefs are or what it is that I don't know about a different perspective of an issue. So I think it's, it's, that's the largest part. And I think, obviously, you know, not to use another cliche thing with COVID, but I think it's so much isolated people that they also seem to take a couple steps back in being able to do that. At whatever level they did before, it almost took it back another step. And so when you have large issues that are, that raise the level of, concern, they raise passions, they raise people's, you know, the very inner core of what they believe, it automatically can be a tinderbox. So I think uh, not being able to have those open dialogues is the biggest issue, which is exactly where we fix it, uh, which is why I'm so excited about, you know, the summit in February is getting people around a table that don't all have the same perspective to have these conversations and to have them in a civil, uh, innovative, uh, thought-provoking way and to have them start to spark that fire uh, in not everybody. We don't, you know, not everybody needs to step up and be a leader, but to spark that fire enough that somebody wants to say, you know what, this is important enough to me that I'm going to be part of the solution and I'm going to be part of the solution at whatever level I can. Um, and that, that is what, that's how we solve it is, is really remembering how to, how to talk, how to not have to be in alignment, but still be able to 
oh my gosh, do we even say it, be friends with somebody <laughs> who is such a, you know, just has a different perspective. And to say, like, it's absolutely fine that we don't agree on this. How about we actually find out where we do agree and mm. find that that to be the most interesting topics of the conversation. I. Yeah, well said. Well said. When you think of some of the dreams you have for greater good over the next few years, what, what does that look like? What are some of your dreams you've got? I would love for greater good uh, to become known as as that space that that can bring collaboration. Uh, I think a lot of people look at it as another task, another thing to add to their to-do list. If you were to broach that subject or talk about collaboration, and and my dream would be to start to shift that perspective and that thought to actually collaborating levels me up, it levels my organization up and possibly even helps my organization run better and helps me meet the mission that I'm trying to meet. You know, um, every nonprofit usually has a specific target that they're trying to meet and it is all based on passion. Somebody knows something that happened to themselves. They know somebody it affected they see an issue that they want solved, and so they become involved, whether they're the ones that start it or whether they just become involved and start to dedicate their time and energy to it to solve this issue. And so when you add something to that, you know, people can start to say, no, I can't. When we come together, when we start sharing best practices, when we start, you know, maybe showing that not everybody needs to do everything, um, especially with organizations that align closely. You know, not everybody has to have a food bank. Uh, food insecurity is such a large issue, but not everybody has to have that to serve their particular demographic or their, their client base, as you would say. And if there are other organizations, especially if they're within a, a short distance that have the same thing, do we actually have a better, a more efficient way to run that, that still serves the entire community. And you're still serving your demographic, but you're no longer trying and struggling to find the volunteer, find the time, find the resources, uh, and to make it run as efficiently as possible. Uh, So by collaborating, you're then freeing up that space. You're freeing up those areas to have your organization run more efficiently. And so my dream would be that we start looking at collaboration like that. We start looking at collaboration as those interesting conversations to come across. Again, most commonly what are perceived divides, perceived competition. You know, a lot of people will say that with nonprofits that, well, you're all going after the same thing. And I don't believe that to be true. I believe that there's so much potential for collaboration with organizations, even in funding, even in, you know, who your target audience is. I think there's so much uh, potential for the collaborative spaces that then also inspire your donor base, that inspire your community to want to support you that much more. So that's my biggest dream. Cammy, one of the things is we talked earlier about uh, the summit that's coming in February. And one of the things that you are uh, organizing and coordinating is one of the working groups that is going to help, Put you know as leaders come together and uh, leaders who are on opposite sides of issues and as they hopefully are inspired to want to work uh, across divides, which is one of the ways that 
we find ourselves sometimes in in tough spots uh, because we're having a hard time finding those sort of common ground solutions. One of those things that you mentioned is homelessness and what what is happening in Spokane with that, and and you're helping putting together a, a group that would perhaps address this. I mean, talk talk about that. What talk about what's going on in Spokane with that, and then specifically with this working group. Sure, I think anybody anybody who lives works uh, commutes to or leaves Spokane every day say that homelessness is the top issue, uh, the, the thing that people talk about every day, and it is one of those hot-button topics. And I think there are so many amazing people working on it uh, right now, so many, uh, whether they've been long-term existing organizations, um, newer coalitions, uh, newer groups with innovative ideas to tackle the problem, and like we said, they're saying what we've been doing isn't working, the problem's growing, and we want to make sure that people can live with dignity every single day and that nobody is just walking down the sidewalk and, and simply ignoring that, it's, that it is an issue. Um, so I believe it was within, like, I, I mean, a day that you and I both had separate conversations with individuals that we were talking to about the summit, and one expressed a very, you know, very much, oh, man, I wish this was happening sooner. Like, this is such an amazing conversation. You know, I wish it wasn't, you know, until February. And then you would have another conversation where somebody was asking, you know, well, how does how is this going to work and what are you going to measure? And so we kind of at the same time were saying maybe we need to start this working group early. Normally it comes out of the summit, but maybe we need to work. Um, work on this a little early. So I reached out to initially four key individuals that represent uh, initially most of the larger entities involved, the larger voices involved. We're actually going to meet this week and have that very first conversation. And I think to even start to say, what are the actual divides? You know, what are we actually what are the biggest struggles in moving this forward? And then also just really talk about who else needs to be part of this group to start making some movement and what goals do we want to set? Uh, because ultimately our dream would be at the summit to be able to have um, that represented with the collaborations that are even just starting um, in our community. So I'm really excited that these, these individuals, all, of course, extremely busy, <laughs> extremely mm-hmm. involved, have said that it's important to, enough to them that they're willing to sit down at the table and to start that conversation. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how the conversation starts even and where we go with it and then how that um, really just begins moving moving that forward. And in no way, shape, or form um, trying to say that Everybody else has not been successful, and so we are. But just, again, being innovative and saying, you know, this is the summit that's coming to Spokane, and because we do believe Spokane has those key differences from a, you know, a typically large city or a smaller city that we think that, you know, it's important to, to honor that and do it a little different. Love that. It's incredible. Tell, I mean, Cammy, talk to us just about personally. I mean, how did you – how did you get in, involved in this work? What was the 
what were some of your, I guess, experiences and, and, you know, people that impacted you? I mean, what, how did you get to get involved in this type of work? Yeah, I, I, I was in banking for 21 years. Uh, so I had a very long career that I could have stayed in banking and easily, you know, coasted that out through retirement. Uh, but a lot of that time, I was involved in the community. I'm a domestic violence survivor. And initially, when I decided I wanted to give back to the community, it was very focused on that particular demographic. And really, honestly, just how do we get them back into banking to help them start rebuilding their lives and, you know, moving forward. And everything that I have done built from that, you know, becoming part of the Bank on Spokane movement and just becoming more and more involved with organizations in town. That's where I first became aware of transitions. Um, United Way was involved, SNAP, just these amazing organizations that really do focus on either reintegration, um, getting people out of homelessness, um, and obviously um, building assets and, and, and having a solution long-term. So once I found out about Greater Good and uh, that what their goals were, I was absolutely intrigued, um, you know, to really want to be able to involve the nonprofit community, the educational governmental community, the church and faith-based community, the business community, and the nonprofit community all together, um, and to have a, a space that people could come to that is willing to work with everybody there, and that is also a space that, that they can come work with to start solving some of the solutions and having those conversations. And so when I was asked to even consider being the executive director, it was it was really almost a, a dream job that I wasn't really sure. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, that'll be great when it comes around. Um, but once it actually was ready to launch and the thought of being able to impact my community and to really everything that I do every day is working to towards change um, and changing the trajectory of people's lives. Uh, I absolutely had to make that leap. Had a lot of people ask if I was scared, you know, what are you doing? Um, but I, you know, honestly answered that scared wasn't the right word, but that I would have been more scared to say no and to always look back and wonder what, what could have happened, what, what impact greater good could have had and what part I could have played in that. And to not know the answer to that uh, was enough to have me take that leap. Mm. And how's it been? Are you glad you did it? Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, it's been about nine months, and um, I think even the organizations that I, you know, consistently hear from, where they are reaching out, asking um, even just minor questions, but that were the people that they're coming to already shows me that there is a need for a space that they feel that they can come to just to get support, or you know, hey, we need some volunteers. What do you think? Uh, you know, hey, do you know this person? Um, being able to connect businesses with uh, volunteer opportunities um, and to have other people then say, well, give them a call. Like, they'll be able to connect you, um, you know, in a, in a space that you can volunteer. And I think it's just also been crazy um, to just see it actually happening. When those collaborative efforts are happening and I'm sitting there in the conversation saying, this is what Greater Good is about. Like, this is what Greater Good Northwest is here for, and it's actually happening right in front of me. It has been some of the most amazing experiences. 
And I think, you know, even with a common good summit to even be part of something like that uh, so soon into us becoming an organization is also one of those moments that you are just in awe that we get to play a role in something that could be so amazing for our community. Mm. For anyone, you know, listening who's on the east side of, of the mountains and it's like, ah, I'd, I'd love to, you know, get involved. I'd love to volunteer. How, how can somebody connect with you? Uh, yeah, they can go to our website. Um, just it's com, And there is uh, a space to sign up for our newsletter and you can um, reach out. So we have an info at greatergoodnorthwest.com. And then you can also reach out directly to me. Um, so it's just my name, Cami Presho at greatergoodnorthwest.com. And I'm happy to um, find out what the need is, really is the first, how we can help, um, and then make the connection if at all possible. And, uh, yeah, but it's, I would just suggest going to our website and, and seeing what we have to offer there and then reaching out if there are any further questions. Mm, love it. Cami, thanks so much for coming on the program today and joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's Cami Pre-Show, Executive Director of Greater Good Northwest. We appreciate you being with us today. 